Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 13 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Genesis chapter 6 today and our focus is on the Nephilim. Who were these mysterious beings in Genesis chapter 6? Well, thank you for joining us for Bible 2021. We are a daily podcast that will dig into 10 minutes of truth from the Word of God every day by reading one chapter and discussing it. Uh, Five days a week, we're going to read New Testament chapters, and today and tomorrow, so two days a week, we're going to be in the Old Testament. Welcome aboard to new listeners from Styria, Austria, Maharashtra, India, South Africa, Ontario, Canada, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thank you all for listening. Please check out our website, Bible2021.com. Please contact us with questions or comments at Bible2021.com. And man, it would be awesome if you could go leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Uh, word of mouth or social media. Just get the word out there because we want people to read along in the word with us. Now today we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 6, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible as a kid because of Genesis chapter 6 verse 4 in the King James Version which says there were giants on the earth in those days. Man, what a great passage for a kid to hear in Sunday school. It just kind of sends chills up my spine even to this day. But Unfortunately, giants may not be the best translation for the Hebrew word in this passage, which is the word Nephilim. That these beings are large, though, does seem to be upheld by the only other reference in the Bible to Nephilim, which is in Numbers 13.33, and says, We have seen the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. To ourselves we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. So I should point out that the Anakim people were also remarkably tall. Deuteronomy 2.21 says that they were a great, talking about the Rephaim, says they are a great and numerous people, tall as the Anakim. And when you study it out, it seems like the Rephaim and the Anakim and the Nephilim are all kind of related together. But the word Nephilim, it doesn't appear to mean giant. It appears to be related to the Hebrew word Nephal, which means to fall. But it's highly debated what exactly and where exactly the word Nephilim came from. Some people see it as a word going back to Nephal, meaning the fall of Satan and his angels, spoken of in Revelation chapter 12 and other places in the Bible. Other people see the Nephilim called this because it, they fell upon people, like kind of in an attacking warlike sense, which would make the Nephilim kind of aggressive. Well, the big question, though, that has been debated literally for thousands of years among Christians and Jews is whether or not these Nephilim were humans or fallen angels or heavenly beings of some sort. So let's read Genesis 6 and see if we can find some clues there in the passage. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. When mankind began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any they chose as wives for themselves. And the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with mankind forever, because they are corrupt. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth both in those days and afterward, when the sons of God came to the daughters of mankind who bore children to them. They were the powerful men of old, the famous men. 
When the Lord saw that the human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he was deeply grieved. And then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. And these are the family records of Noah. Noah's righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness, and God saw how corrupt the earth was. For every creature had corrupted its way on the earth, and God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them, therefore I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you remake it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door in the side of the ark, make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Understand that I am bringing a flood, floodwaters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten, gather it as food for you and for them." And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. So most scholars today don't believe that the Nephilim were angels or heavenly beings, preferring to view them as a particularly tall and maybe impressive sort of humans, but humans nonetheless. Now, Wayne Grudem, my favorite theologian, holds to that particular view, and he writes, Although some have thought that the sons of God in this passage are angels who sinned by marrying human women, this is not a likely interpretation. Angels are non-material beings, and according to Jesus, do not marry. Facts that cast doubt on the idea that the sons of God are angels who married human wives. Moreover, nothing in the context of Genesis 6 indicates that the sons of God should be understood as angels. This makes the passage unlike Job 1 and 2, for example, where the context of a heavenly council makes it clear to the reader that angels are being referred to. Now, on the other hand, I believe that the textual evidence seems to indicate that these sons of God represent some sort of heavenly being. Not necessarily angels, because the Bible indicates that there are significantly more heavenly beings than just merely angels, but I think the sons of God here are non-human. This is one of the very few times that I disagree with Dr. Grudem, and he's a lot clever, cleverer than me, so maybe go with him, but he alludes to and attempts to explain away the reason why I believe these sons of God are heavenly beings. The only other time in Scripture people or beings are called the sons of God in the Old Testament is in Job 1 and 2. In both times, as Dr. Grudem notes, these sons of God are quite clearly heavenly beings. As well, I actually see nothing in Scripture that indicates that angels are non-material at least 100% of the time. And Hebrew says that people have entertained and shown hospitality to angels unaware that they were angels. I presume by this that angels can look and appear human, 
possibly, possibly even appear that way to the touch, although that is, of course, speculation. Finally, I do know that Jesus indicates the angels in heaven do not marry, but that doesn't say anything about intimate relations. It is possible to have intimate relations outside of marriage, as you well know, and it is possible that marriage is a strictly human institution that doesn't apply to other beings. That said, Honestly, the Bible just does not give us enough information to know for sure who these Nephilim were, whether they were human or not, so we must be content with the mystery of it. But I do want to close out with some amazing words from uh, Mr. Spurgeon that will give us some wisdom about the absolute best kind of giants on the earth. Charles Spurgeon says this, We need saints. We need gracious minds trained to a high form of spiritual life by much conversation with God in solitude. These saints are the standard bearers of the army. Each one is a king's son. There is an air about them, humble as they are, as of men who breathe a purer atmosphere. Such was Abraham, who by his communion with God acquired a more than royal bearing. The king of Sodom shrinks into insignificance in the presence of Abraham, this high-minded sheik who will not take of his lawful spoils, lest the heathen king should say, I have made Abraham rich. Saints acquire nobility from their constant resort to the place where the Lord meets with them. There also they acquire that power in prayer which we so greatly need. Oh, that we had more men like John Knox, whose prayers were more terrible to Queen Mary than 10,000 men. Oh, that we had more Elijahs, by whose faith the windows of heaven should be shut or open. This power comes not by a sudden effort. It is the outcome of a life devoted to the God of Israel. If our life is all in public, it will be a frothy, vapory, ineffectual existence. But if we hold high conversation with God in secret, we will be mighty for good. The Puritans were abundant in meditation on the word of God in prayer, and there were giants on the earth in those days. Hmm? He that is a prince with God will take high rank with men after the true measure of nobility. Good turn of phrase there from Brother Spurgeon. So let's close out today with our memory verse for the month of January. We're saying it every day, so we'll be sure to remember it. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time, Mark 1, 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, friends, may the good news be your constant companion. May the word of God dwell richly in you. Good day to you and Godspeed.